Ladies and gentlemen, in the red corner, hailing from the state of Nevada, representing the steam and wise guys, it's the always feared Vegas Odds Maker! And in the blue corner, the crowd favorite from South Florida, Mark Winning Picks Lawrence! And now, let's get it on! Against the spread, Winning Picks with Mark Lawrence! Welcome back, everybody. Once again, this is Mark Lawrence along with Victor King, and we're all set to go against the spread in this week's College and Pro Football Cards as the college football games are now officially underway. The National Football League, just three more weeks of football action. We're going to see how that all that shakes out on the show today. And with that, I want to welcome in our co-host, Victor King from King Creole Sports. And Victor, I hope the bowl games have been good to you in the National Football League as well. So far, so good, at least in terms of the uh, bowl games. In fact, I believe that's correct. It looks like Mark Lawrence started off the bowls going 2-0 with that winner on Utah State in the L.A. Bowl on Saturday. And then that winner on San Diego State, a double-digit winner over Texas San Antonio in the Frisco Bowl on Tuesday. Still a good start there. And for our totals team, also 2-0 in the bowls thus far. We started that with a three-star winner on over the total in the Boca Bowl down here, Western Kentucky and Appalachian State. Uh, The over ended up winning by 30 points, 97 combined points scored in that game, a true college football shootout. And then we wrapped that up with a winner on under the total in the Saturday night L.A. Bowl, Utah State, Oregon State. The game ended up going under by 31 points, uh, pretty much never in doubt. So 2-0 and thus far for Mark and 2-0 and for our King Creole Totals team. And before I get into some of the bowl results, Mark, correct me if I'm wrong, but I did a really quick review of the Playbook College Bowl Guide this morning. And am I wrong here? Your bowl opinions in the first 12 games went 11-1 and against the spread. Is that right? Well, I can back that down a little bit, Victor, make it 9-2, and two, okay? All righty. Uh, you know, it just depends, I guess, on what lines you use, but we have them officially at 9-2 and two on the sides in the college bowl Very guide nice. this year. And a lot of that is attributable to our well-oiled machine. And I, I can remember putting the bowl report together, burning some midnight oil a couple of nights in a row, and my wife would come into my office at the house and say, are you still up and what are you doing? And I'm saying I'm running through these college bowl systems, and she would say, how many do you have? And I says, well, we've got 102 of them that we're going through. (laughs) (laughs) Well, those 102 bowl systems, what they do is they get us to the right sides or the sides of the bowl games. And uh, I can attribute that good start in the bowl guide to largely those systems inside the well-oiled machine. So uh, I'll keep a lot of WD-40 on hand for the rest of the bowl season, and hopefully we'll continue our winning ways that way. And anybody listening out there who hasn't yet scored a copy of the College Bowl Guide, I would highly encourage you to do so. It's only $25. It'll take you all the way through the College Bowl games up into the college football playoff game. There's a lot of action still to be had and a lot of good information contained inside that bowl guide. Just log on at playbooksports.com to get your copy of the College Football Bowl Guide just in time for the games coming up this weekend. And with that, Victor, talking about the bowl games that we've played thus far so far this season here, 
Uh, one of the interesting things that I've noticed, and I'm going to ask you for what it is that you've seen is going on inside the bowl games, is, uh, again, the disappearance of the MAC conference. And it looked like for a while, maybe even last year a little bit, of an aberration perhaps because it was a COVID bowl season. But the MAC bowl teams are getting smothered in bowl games so far as we speak on this show. So far they played four games. They've lost all four games, covered the spread just one time, and they're allowing 46.5 points a game. Uh, And I think there's more on the horizon for these college ball teams, to, uh, these MAC ball teams as well. So, you know, that's one trend that we're seeing, and I'm sure there will be other conference bowl trends that will occur in throughout the course of the bowl games, but that's one that just jumps off the page for me, and you won't get me anywhere near a college, uh, a MAC bowl team for the rest of this bowl season with a 10-foot pole. What have you seen, Victor, so far that is noteworthy in the college football bowl scene this 2021 season? Well, first off, if you would ask me who's been the bowl season uh, MVP thus far, you can throw a couple names out there. Number one would be, we talked a little bit about uh, Bailey Zappi, the quarterback from Westford, um, Western Kentucky, and the big game he had down here in the Boca Raton Bowl. A guy who probably, if you ask me, maybe should have been invited to New York City, along with some of those other potential Heismans. But it's also hard to pass up Levi Williams leading Wyoming to that great 52-38 potato bowl win over the Golden Flashes of Kent State. He became the first quarterback in FBS history with at least 200 rushing yards and four rushing touchdowns in a bowl game. And, of course, he also passed for 127 and another score. So I would submit those two names for bowl MVPs thus far. For underdogs in the bowls, four and seven straight up, six and five against the spread. You mentioned the futility of the MAC conference, uh, a, a conference that's done very, very well thus far is the Mountain West Conference. A perfect four and zero straight up, three and one against the spread. Obviously, you've seen the scores out there. So the most surprising thing about the bowls thus far is the fact that nine out of the eleven bowls have indeed gone over the total. Nine overs, only two unders, with a whopping average of 65.7 points per game scored thus far. Would you find that surprising, Victor, or were you looking at the bowls to kind of go over the total this year, just given the fact that uh, we were relatively COVID-free starting the bowl season here, and the fact that there was not much of a bowl season last year? Are these teams just kind of thrilled to be there and just letting it all out? as far as the bowl tolls go, or is it just a little bit more of an aberration and you're surprised at that result? It's not surprising. I, I forecast the first 11 games to go like, oh, you know, six, four, and one, somewhere in there. But the fact that, uh, again, a lot of the teams did not go bowling, there's probably a little bit more excitement this season as well. And you mentioned the fact that there's been no COVID cancellations. Now that's up until now, because obviously – Uh, people who are listening to the podcast here on Wednesday evenings, maybe on Thursday, know that the Gator Bowl is close to being canceled because Texas A&M will not have enough players to compete against Wake Forest in the Gator Bowl. They're scrambling to find an opponent. I doubt they'll find that. But this is just the beginning of of potential, you know, COVID bowl cancellations. Well, that's a catch-22 as far as rescheduling a bowl opponent is concerned, Victor. It's not only just finding that bowl opponent, but it's also 
addressing the fact of which bowl game gets canceled and which one plays on. Uh, you're not going to find the people at the Gator Bowl wanting to let that bowl game go if they bring somebody in over from another bowl game. That other bowl games also going to have their right. foot, their piece of the pie. So it could end up being a little bit of an ugly situation. And I will also say this: that that will not be the only bowl game that will ultimately end up being canceled with this massive breakthrough that we're having, breakout we're having right now uh, of the Omicron and the and the COVID situation right now as we speak. And we only hope that. Uh, not only does it uh, sort of pass over quickly and uh, let us let us play the games, but more importantly, that everybody can remain healthy throughout the course of the ravaging that we're going through right now with another bad case of COVID attacking everybody here in the country and around the world as well. I'm visiting with Victor King from King Creole Sports. And with that, Victor, let's hop over to the National Football League side of things. And while we're on the subject of COVID, uh, we noticed that uh, – a few games last week had to get rescheduled. Fortunately for the NFL, none of them were canceled or postponed. I'm just hoping that we won't see that this year, and I'm sure the NFL will do everything that they can in their power to avoid a situation like that. But we did see three games get rescheduled, and it sort of brought back memories a little bit, Victor, of last year, mm -hmm. uh, the National Football League with the COVID rescheduling and whatnot. What do you recall happened last year in the National Football League as far as COVID postpones or cancellations were concerned? I've got some of the numbers courtesy of the database. Before I get into it, we got to talk about this roller coaster uh, over/under pattern in the NFL. It's it's, a, it's like one of the uh, uh, you know top of the line Cedar Point roller coasters. One week after the highest scoring week of the season, remember last year last week I told you the NFL games averaged 51 points per game. We're on the lowest scoring week of the season. This last weekend <laughs> was. Pretty much unreal, not necessarily from a game standpoint, as there were six overs and ten unders, but the fact that the average NFL game last week averaged only 38.8 points per game. That's the lowest number I've seen in the database in at least eight or nine seasons to have a complete weekend's games average less than 39 total points per game. I mean, we're not talking about the 1980s, the 1990s, even the early 2000s. We're talking about the NFL 2021 averaging less than 39 points per game, which, you know, quite frankly, is, is, is amazing. Now, in terms of shifting games because of the COVID, uh, it seems like a fair solution to do when you're the team with the outbreak. But how did it impact their opponents last year? And I've got the numbers here for you. Teams that had a COVID outbreak last season, then rescheduled their game for a day or two later, went 4-1 and one against the spread in their next game on reduced rest. But teams that did not have the outbreak, but still had to play a game a day or two later because their opponent had the outbreak, went 1-4 and four against the spread and 1-4 and four straight up in their next game. So it appears that the COVID outbreak helped the team that had the outbreak and really hurt the team that did not have the outbreak. You know, we read over the weekend how um, the uh, Davis, the number one guy in the Raiders, thought it was a big disadvantage for the Raiders that their game was uh, delayed from Saturday till Monday. And he might actually have a point. Again, the teams that had the outbreak went 4-1 and one ATS on reduced rest in their next game. The teams that did not went 1-4. and four. 
if we follow that pattern, and I know it's a very small sample size, but if we extend that pattern into this season, that would tell us this week to play on the Cleveland Browns, who had the outbreak, the L.A. Rams, who had the outbreak, and the Washington football team, who had the outbreak, and to play against or to fade the Raiders this week, the Seattle Seahawks this week, and the Eagles this week. A little confusing, but the team that had the outbreak benefited a ton more than the team that did not have the outbreak. Maybe psychologically, Victor, just the team that did not have the outbreak was uh, ended up uh, sort of being penalized. Chomping at the bit, grinding yeah, exactly their teeth, right. pissed exactly. off, right in the next game. Right. Yeah, yeah, exactly right. And you know, sort of like the Raiders, Mark Davis outcry, yep. you know, mm-hmm. uh, in that sense, and uh, it didn't reflect so much in the Raiders' play against the Browns, but uh, overall, it, it sounds like it has, and we'll keep an eye on that and see whether or not that trend continues in the National Football League. I certainly hope. We do not have to be talking about this down the road as uh, we can hopefully put a lid on these COVID outbreaks. But uh, right now, not only is it in the world of football, it's in the entire world of sports and everything else in the course of our lives. We're seeing NBA games, the National Hockey League season. I think you're going to see that shut down between maybe even now and the Olympics. Uh, I know they cancel games through the end of the month, but it may be even longer than that, just depending upon how this stuff all shakes out. And with that, Victor, let's take a look right now at the current NFL playoff picture and how it stands going into this weekend in the National Football League. Number one seeds would be Kansas City and Green Bay. Green Bay has already clinched a playoff spot. Kansas City looking to do just that. Those two teams would have, obviously, the week of rest, the coveted week of rest for earning the number one seeds. The number two seed would be New England taking on the number seven seed Buffalo if the AFC playoffs were to begin this weekend. Over on the NFC side of things, the number two seed Dallas would be taking on the number seven seed Minnesota Vikings. Then it's the number three seed Tennessee Titans taking on the LA Chargers, the number six seeds, along with number three Tampa Bay tackling six seed San Francisco. The number four seed Cincinnati would take on the number five seed Indianapolis Colts in the AFC. And in the NFC side of things, it would be number four Arizona tackling the number five seed L.A. Rams. Just on the outside looking in, we find number eight seeds Baltimore and Philadelphia, number nine seeds Pittsburgh and New Orleans, followed by number 10 Las Vegas, Washington, number 11 Miami, Atlanta, and number 12 the Cleveland Browns and the Carolina Panthers. Don't go away, guys. When we come back, Victor Nugger and Tara Park, our college bowl game of the week. We've got a beauty on tap this Tuesday. We'll tear that game apart and a whole lot more when we're back with more here on Mark Lawrence against the spread. The only football newsletter in America devoted exclusively to NFL over-under totals. The Totals Tip Sheet is a must-read if you're serious about adding extra income to your bankroll this football season. Get exclusive insight on the overs and unders from Victor King, the NFL Totals Guru, and enjoy the winners. You're listening to Mark Lawrence Against the Spread. Now, back to the action. Welcome back, everybody. Mark Lawrence along with Victor King, and we're all set to go against the spread in this weekend's college and pro football cards. It's time for our college football bowl game of the week. We're going to hop over to the first responders bowl on Tuesday when Louisville takes on Air Force. And, Victor, this should be quite a matchup of two FBS football teams, one a Power 5 team, the other a Group of 5 team. How do you see Louisville and Air Force shaking out 
in the First Responder Bowl this Tuesday. Right, December 28th, Louisville against Air Force. Uh, it, the Cardinals opened up as a dog in the game. The last time I looked, they were favored by one to one and a half. Uh, a little surprised by that line move, uh, considering the great record of the service academies in the bowls thus far. In terms of the over-under line, it opened 55. It's gone up a half point, 55 and a half. Not a heck of a lot of activity thus far. Uh, each of these teams were five and seven over under on the season. Five overs, seven unders for both Louisville and Air Force. Uh, Cardinal games, 31.9 on offense, 27.0 defense, 58.9 the combined point total in Louisville games this season. For Air Force, a 31-point offense, uh, equally as good as Louisville. But a really good defense, 19.1 Air Force games have averaged a combined 50.1 points per game on the season. The Louisville team opened up the season by going under in three of their first four games. However, they closed with three overs in their last four games. And Air Force's numbers were pretty similar as well. One and three over under to start the season, but each of their last three games to close out the regular season went over the total. One would think with uh, numbers like that that we might lean toward the over. And I'm going to go the other way. Louisville is a team that uh, in their last six bowl games has only been one over. Five of those six bowl games have gone under the total. They've gone 70% under in their last 10 games on neutral sites. And, of course, Air Force's under numbers are always good. 7-17 and 17 over under last 24 games. 18-38 and 38 to the under last 56 non-conference games. 17-35 and 35 to the under off a straight-up win of 20 or more. And like I just mentioned, the total has not seen a heck of a lot of activity with my my. Gut reaction still is on the under. For starters, the clock should be constantly moving in this game, thanks to the fact that both teams lean very heavily on the ground game. Air Force led the country in rushing play percentage, second in time of possession. The Falcons grind down that clock with extreme efficiency. The defense, though, has got to prove that can hold up if Louisville and quarterback Malik Cunningham gets hot through the air. I don't see that happening. Don't forget, two of Cunningham's top four receivers will not play because they just entered the transfer uh, portal. The Air Force Falcons aren't above having rough days defensively, but still, they allowed 21 points or fewer to everyone this season except Utah State and Nevada, basically because they don't let the other side have the ball. And, you know, while Louisville isn't a true option offense, it isn't too shabby, ranking 40th in the country in rushing play percentage. And then, of course, there's the matter of the actual scoring. I know Louisville ranks a respectable 39th at their 31-point-per-game average, but it hasn't exactly played many good defenses this season in the ACC. In their three games against what I would call good defenses, Clemson, NC State, and Kentucky, that scoring average dropped all the way to 19.3. That's almost less than two TDs less per game. So Air Force should control the pace of the game with the run, and I see this falling under the total. Our play is under 55.5 points. And as far as either the fave or the dog is concerned, I'm sure Mark 
we'll mention the recent uh, bold dominance of the uh, service academies. I sure will, Victor. Uh, you mentioned the service academies and uh, how they focus for college football bowl games. Bowl games are oftentimes a party-like atmosphere for most teams. It's a reward at the end of the season for a job well done. For the military teams, it's just another day at the job. A very disciplined approach does the military teams take when it comes to bowl games, and hence 37-14 and 14 against the spread in all bowl games since 1980 for the military teams. That is quite a record, to say the least, which is the role that Air Force will obviously dress up in when they take on Louisville in the first responder bowl. Air Force also themselves 9-3 and three to the spread their last 12 bowl games, and surprisingly, a good checkmark to Air Force for their defense, ranked number five overall in the country. They allow just 286 yards per game. That's as opposed to Louisville coughing up 402 yards per game. I love 100-yard defenses that are dogs in games, especially in bowl games. You've got Louisville coming in here. They bring a real nice sharp number here. They were tripped up as a favorite in their last game of the season, and their history shows us that they're 14-3 and to the spread, the Cardinals are, in games after losing straight up as a favorite. However, you take a look at the Mountain West Conference, they're just 1-5 and to the spread the last six bowl games overall. And you also take a look here, 1-5 and straight up and 0-6 and to the spread in bowl games against opponents off a win of 12 or more points are teams out of the Mountain West Conference. ACC Bowl favorites are now 0-8 against the spread when coming off a straight-up and point spread loss. That all puts me to Air Force plus the points in the first responder bowl for my side in this college football bowl game on Tuesday. And don't go away, guys. When we come back, Victor and I are going to shake down our NFL game of the week. We had a beauty on tap in the AFC in a big AFC East division battle between Buffalo and New England. We'll tear that game apart. And how about the Vegas to get the Vegas vibe? Marco Trent and Isco, when we're back with more here on Mark Lawrence Against the Spread. All new Playbucks tokens are here. Earn rewards and get up to $100 in free Playbucks tokens to use as you choose. And with your Playbucks tokens, you can use them for Playbook Experts picks and selections. Plus, you earn 20% in free bonus tokens when you do. If you haven't got your $100 in free Playbucks tokens, do so now. You're tuned in to Mark Lawrence against the spread. And now, let's throw it back to Mark. Hey, welcome back, everybody. This is Mark Lawrence and Victor King as we're going against the spread on this weekend's NFL and College Bowl cards. It's time for our NFL Game of the Week. And what a beauty we've got on tap this Sunday when the New England Patriots play host to the Buffalo Bills in a key AFC East division battle. Victor, how do you see this game coming apart between Buffalo and New England in this big showdown game on Sunday. The over-under line has fallen. I'm seeing that it opened anywhere from 44.5 to 45 and has fallen to 43.5. There's even a couple of 43s out there. Uh, That's a significant move when you consider that both of the numbers of 44 and 45 are key numbers when it comes to NFL totals as many different scoring combinations could end with a game finishing exactly on 44 or exactly on 45. And we'll, I'll address that in a minute. Both of these guys are, you know, middle of the road, over-under teams. Buffalo 7-7 seven seven over-under on the season. The Patriots 6-8 over-under. 
Buffalo games have averaged a combined 45.5 points per game. Patriots slightly lower at 42.4. When we do a a look at the home and away splits, some uh, some things do tend to reveal themselves that uh, give me a little bit of an opinion in the game. Buffalo three and four over under at home, only forty three point six. Four and three over under away, forty seven point four. Their road games have been about four points higher than their home games this season. New England, let's see here, four and three over under at home, forty eight point nine. That's a big number. Two and five over under on the road for the Patriots, thirty six point zero. So New England home games have been higher scoring by more than a full touchdown than the road games, plus 7.1 points per game. Obviously, what jumps out is the fact that we've got the number one scoring defense against the number two scoring defense. Patriots allowing only 16.2 points per game. Buffalo, 17.4 points per game. And when people remember that these two teams just played each other three weeks ago, final score was, what, 13-10, 14-10? They may be all over the under in this one. I'm not. Don't forget that game was played in Buffalo in extreme high winds, 20 to 40 mile gusts, uh, pretty much a blizzard. And the final score again was 14 to 10. The over under line in that game was 39 and a half. Yes, it's been a pretty low scoring series, 4, 7, and 1 over under last 12. However, what is interesting is the second meeting between these two teams each season has actually gone four overs and only one under. In the last five years, the weather forecast for New England looks pretty good this week. We should not have any sort of a wind-impacted game. We may have a little light rain in New England. Temperature is, what, 35 to 40 degrees, but a negligible wind impact, uh, 7 miles per hour or less. And there's an 89% over angle from the database that applies to this game it kind of clinches it for me that I will be betting the over on that. I came across this when working on this week's totals tip sheet. And with both of these teams, of course, over 500 on the year, they're both winning teams. There's a nice late season situation that suggests we see a higher than anticipated scoring outcome. In fact, in the last three years, 16 overs, two unders, one tie. Game 12 or greater, NFL games, when both teams come in with a win-loss percentage of 550 or greater, and both of these teams are, New England's 9-5 and five on the season, Buffalo's 8-6, and six, and the over-under line falls in the range of 40 to 55 points. Again, these games have gone 16 overs, two unders. It actually applies to multiple games this weekend. We'll let you guys figure out which games those are. But it's going to clinch it for me. Make sure you get a line of 43.5 or less points. That way, if the game does fall on 44 or 45, we're going to cash a winner as we play the Patriots' bills over 43.5 or less points. Victor takes advantage of a value situation in the game like this, and it goes over the total. Kind of falls hand-in-hand, Victor, with what I was raised and told as a youngster of National Football League same-season division games. You oftentimes look to go the opposite way in the second meeting when, when the first meeting was extremely high or extremely low. And that does fall into this checkbox, if you will, in this particular football game as Victor goes over the total in the Bills-Patriots showdown game on Sunday. Buffalo comes in with this number one ranked defense in the league, allowing just 
288 yards per game. They've held three of their last four opponents to just 235 points per game. The only game they went over in their last four football games was that overtime shootout at Tampa Bay. Other than that, they've been stone-cold dead defensive football games for the Buffalo Bills coming to this football contest here, which more or less doesn't point to the over-under total for me, but what it asserts me to is the fact that Buffalo will be coming with balls to the wall in this particular football contest. The Bills can control their own destiny by winning out, and this is a huge first step for them in this football game. You take a look in this contest here. Buffalo also 8-2-1 against the spread as small dogs. That's dogs of fewer than four points are the Buffalo Bills in this particular role. The number two seed in the AFC current playoff picture, the New England Patriots, they own the number three ranked defense coming into this contest here. They're just 1-6-1 and one against the spread in the first of back-to-back home games. One of the reasons I'm going to fade New England here is Bill Belichick has had a propensity in games at home when he's favored by small numbers. As a home favorite of less than four points, coming off a loss with an opponent off a win in his career, Bill Belichick is 2-7 and seven straight up and against the spread in these particular games. These are close call, tight fit football games, and Belichick simply just does not bring home the bacon in these games. And with that, I'll take the points with Buffalo for my side in this big showdown game on Sunday. And with that, it's time to hop out to Vegas to visit with our good friend Andy Isco, joining us from TheLogicalApproach.com in Las Vegas. Andy, I know you were busy moving last week. I hope the move went well, and it serves you well moving forward as well. I'm going to welcome you back to the show, and I hope the football bounced your way last week as well. Well, thank you very much, Mark. And, uh, yes, the move went very well. It was exhausting, as uh, many of our listeners who've, uh, who've ever had the experience of moving, much less after 30 years in one location, can attest. Uh, so finally getting settled back into a, uh, a regular routine. My hope is that uh, for the recording purposes of this po- podcast, that the reception is, uh, is top-notch, as uh, things have been relocated around a little bit. But hopefully uh, Jeff will let us know if there uh, have been uh, any issues. Uh, as far as the football, uh, last week was a pretty good week. I was very pleased with some of the results, not as pleased with some of the others, but everything sets up nicely for a wild stretch run in the NFL with just three weeks remaining. And of course, college bowl season underway. So we're basically going to have action virtually every day for the next several weeks heading into, uh, uh, 2022. That's good news, Andy. Glad to hear the move went well. And, uh, I know we're all looking forward to the end of this football season. COVID providing. I I know it's putting quite a damper on us as handicappers and as players and everybody else as fans watching the games, but hopefully with the good grace of the man upstairs, we'll be able to get through all this, not only from a sports aspect, but from a well-being standpoint in our lives as well. So we'll do everything we can to make sure things work out in our favor, hopefully that way. Speaking about which, Andy, Andy, by the way, guys out there, publishes one of the finest football newsletters in the market. If you haven't seen a copy of it, you want to log on at TheLogicalApproach.com, subscribe to his newsletter from now through the end of the Super Bowl, and put yourself in position to pick up some extra cash throughout the season between now and the Super Bowl. And speaking about extra cash, Andy, I know the contest has been a couple weeks since we talked to you about updated standings and everything. If you would do the honors, as you always do every week on the show here, and bring us up to speed on what's going on at the Superbook and the Circa Contest in Vegas. Uh, I sure will, Mark. But let me add something to what you said about the uh, uh, the COVID 
uh, impact, the increasing impact that it's having that forced the postponement of uh, several games last week in the NFL and uh, has already affected one of the bowl games in college football and may very well uh, affect uh, upcoming games in the NFL. It becomes very difficult to recommend making wagers earlier in the week like we like to, like to take advantage of some of the early numbers, but you could end up uh, regretting making those numbers if all of a sudden on Thursday, Friday, Saturday, even Sunday morning, news comes out. So you have to balance the impact of getting what you believe to be and what is at the time the best number likely to be available and the risk that you're taking uh, as far as uh, information that comes out regarding COVID later in the week as game time approaches. Normally, that's not a major concern when we're only dealing with injuries that do happen, but not on the scale that we're seeing the COVID uh, impact uh, the several teams that were impacted last week week. So uh, it's something to keep in mind when you're going to uh, make a wager based upon a number that you might see Tuesday or Wednesday, which at the time is a good number. And then you just have to hope that the side you're playing on, uh, you, you hope that neither side is impacted by uh, by the COVID, but you certainly hope that the side that you're playing on uh, does not have uh, any negative impact. So that's something that, unfortunately, we didn't think we'd have to keep in mind this year, but it appears that it may be a situation that presents itself uh, down the uh, down the stretch of the season. Uh, getting to the contests, let's start with the Super Contest Classic, uh, which is the uh, large contest, the granddaddy of all the uh, major handicapping contests. It's been over 30 years since uh, initially it was the Hilton, uh, then the LVH, and now the Westgate that has perpetuated this contest five games a week against the static point spread. Uh, a lot of folks like to follow the top five plays, the consensus, how the uh, what the top five plays were each week. Coming into this past week, it was not having a very good season. Those top five plays, 31, 38, and one push. The five selections last week, the number one selection, Green Bay, was a point spread loser, as was the number five selection, the New England Patriots. However, uh, selections two, three, and four, Pittsburgh, Buffalo, and Cincinnati all covered their point spread. So the uh, year-to-date or year-to-season-to-date totals, 34 winners, 40 points spread losers, one push, equating to a, a poor percentage of 46.0%. Now, there's also the Super Contest Gold, which is a $5,000 entry fee, winner take all. 87 contestants ponied up that money this year, so they're all competing for $435,000. And uh, uh, talk about pressure, I'll get to that in just a moment. But looking at the consensus from last week, uh, there were five selections, of course. The top two selections, Minnesota and Pittsburgh, actually Pittsburgh number one, Minnesota number two, both covered their point spreads. And then three teams were tied for spots three, four, and five with the same number of selections. Of those three, the Indianapolis Colts covered against the Patriots, but the Cleveland Browns getting only a point and a half against the Las Vegas Raiders in a game that was moved to Monday, and ultimately the line closed with the Raiders two-and-a-half-point favorites. But for the purposes of this contest, the line was one-and-a-half, so Cleveland losing by two did not cover. And Green Bay, of course, seeing that comeback uh, by Baltimore to make it exciting at the end, they did not cover. So record of three-and-two this week for the uh, Super Contest Gold, uh, 41-36-2. and two. For the uh, full season, there were a couple of weeks where uh, the fifth most popular choice resulted in ties, so I logged those in as well. That works out to just over 53% uh, winning, so a very slight profit by playing the um, the Super Contest Gold selections. I mentioned uh, pressure as far as uh, that contest uh, uh, was concerned, and that's because the leader in the contest 
has a record of 50 winners, 23 point spread losers, and two pushes for a total of 51 of a possible 75 points. That works out to 68.0% with three weeks or 15 selections remaining. And the pressure comes in because that uh, individual, that entry, has a uh, five uh, has a five and a half point lead over the contestant who is in second with 45 and a half of those 75 points. So basically, the leader, if he goes 0-5 this week, will still have the lead entering next week, albeit it could be as small as uh, just half a game uh, over uh, the contestant currently uh, in second. So we'll see how that leader plays with uh, what would be considered in most seasons a comfortable lead, but nothing is all that comfortable until the final week of the season plays out. Overall, there are six contestants in the Super Contest Gold hitting at 60% uh, or better, so that's a very low number. It just shows you what a struggle it's been for uh, Super Contest Gold contestants. Overall, 21 of the 40 of, 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 um, uh, are at 42 or more as far as points go. So that's digging down almost about uh, a quarter of the way into the field. Uh, that's 56% to have you at least uh, in a position to uh, to move up, although, again, only one person will cash. A little bit different with the standings in the Super Contest Classic, where the leader has a record of 51-23-1, and 51.5 of a possible 75 points. That's 68.7%. That individual has just a half-point lead over one uh, entry in second at 51. There are five more uh, back at 50 points. And it goes all the way down to the extent where there are 110 contestants at 45 points or more, which is 60% or better. And that's 5.6% of all entries this year hitting 60% uh, or better. Uh, turning now to the circuit contest, of course, the one that's drawn a lot of attention this year is the Super Contest, uh, excuse me, the Circa Survivor Contest, which is a, a winner take all, last man standing. All selections are straight up, but you can only use a team once. And there are two twists to the contest. Thanksgiving Day and its three games constituted a separate week, as will the three games on December 23rd, which is the one game Thursday, and the two games on Christmas Day, the 25th. Of the 4,080 entrants or entries, 23 remained alive heading into this week after nobody was eliminated in week 14. Seven contestants were eliminated this week, and in fact, another dozen uh, had to sweat out a result or they would have been eliminated. The dozen uh, contestants who picked the Miami Dolphins were fortunate to survive with Miami's comeback after trailing a good portion of that game against the Jets. They advance along with the three contestants who had the 49ers and the one contestant who had the Vikings Monday night over the Bears. However, uh, three teams caused uh, seven contestants to be eliminated. Five went down with the Arizona Cardinals' shocking loss at Detroit. Uh, one contestant thought that the change in coaches at Jacksonville getting rid of Urban Meyer might spur on a good effort. Did not. That contestant was eliminated, as was one contestant who uh, was uh, shocked uh, perhaps by Tampa Bay being swept this season by the New Orleans Saints in their 9 nothing loss on uh, Sunday night. So just 16 contestants remain uh, of the 4,080 who started the season. Over to the Circa Millions, which is a contest fashioned after the uh, Super Contest Classic, the five selections against the spread, and the uh, 4,087 entrants uh, were starting the season. Uh, the leader in this contest has a record of 55, 
20 with no pushes. That's 55 of a possible 75 selections. And uh, that are 75 points of the 75 selections. That's 73.3% of uh, uh, winning percentage. That entry also is in second place. Uh, the lone person with 54 points, one point out of the lead. Overall, 367 contestants of the 4,087 are hitting 60% or better. That's 9.0% of all entries, a much better percentage uh, than the uh, Westgate, despite the fact that there are many more entries in the uh, super contest, uh, uh, in the circuit contest compared to the super contest, which has uh, roughly half that number. Getting to the consensus for the circuit uh, millions contest coming into this past week it was 37 and 34 slightly above 500 and the consensus had a very good week this past week the number one selection however was the uh, uh, the lone losers that was Green Bay laying the five and a half uh, at uh, Baltimore and of course Baltimore's come back to make it exciting uh, cost backer uh, Packer backers uh, their uh, uh, their selection and uh, their their money as well if they went to the window with the Packers. However, the other four selections all covered, including number two Indianapolis with their win and cover against the Patriots, uh, number three Minnesota with their win and cover against Chicago Monday night, uh, number four uh, the uh, Bills uh, with their win and cover against Carolina, and number five the Steelers whose contest line was a pick'em as they come from behind or came from behind to defeat the uh, Tennessee Titans. So a Four and one week for the consensus brings the season to date record up to 41 and 35. Again, one week uh, had uh, two teams tie for the fifth most popular selection, hence uh, 76 rather than 75 uh, selections in uh, migrating of the uh, consensus. So those are the two uh, the the two properties with the four major contests uh, this season, with three weeks remaining in both. Andy Isk with an update of the major contest taking place in Las Vegas. As we head down the stretch in the world of the National Football League, the contest will grow tighter and tighter, I'm sure, between now and the end of the regular season. And Andy, if you would, I know our listeners would love to know what the advanced lines are that Jay Carnegie put out of the Westgate Superbook for next week's National Football League games. Yeah, these would be the lines for Week 17. These are put out generally 10 days in advance of that Sunday and, of course, a few days ahead of the start of the previous week, Week 16, which gets underway on Thursday night, then, of course, a couple of games Saturday, then the pretty hefty schedule Sunday, and then Monday night. So these games are Sunday, January 2nd, and Monday, January 3rd of 2022. Looking at the Sunday games, the Las Vegas Raiders are at Indianapolis, where the Colts are favored by 7.5 with a total of 48. The Giants are at Chicago. The Bears, four-point home favorites with a total of 37.5. Tampa Bay at the New York Jets. Tampa Bay favored by 11, a total of 45.5. Uh, the Atlanta Falcons are at Buffalo, where the Bills are favored at home by 13.5 with a total of 44. Arizona visits Dallas, where the Cowboys at home lay 2.5 with a total of 50. Carolina at New Orleans, the Saints, 7-point home favorites, total 39.5. NFC East matchup, Philadelphia, in a rematch of uh, Tuesday night's game at uh, against Washington, will be in Washington. Eagles, 2.5-point road favorites, total 43.5. Kansas City at Cincinnati, the Chiefs four points favorite on the road, total 47.5. New England, hefty 15.5 point home favorites against Jacksonville with a total of 42. Tennessee, 3.5 point home favorites against the Miami Dolphins, total 40.5 in that contest. The uh, 
<laughs> the Westgate lists them as the San Diego Chargers, but they are the Los Angeles Chargers. <laughs> Six-point home favorites against the Denver Broncos with a total of 45-and-a-half. The San Francisco 49ers, hefty 15-point home favorites against the Houston Texans with a total of 44-and-a-half. Seattle favored at home by 9-and-a-half over Detroit, total of 42. Rams, 2.5-point road favorites at Baltimore with a total of 45-and-a-half. And Green Bay, 7-point home favorites against division rival Minnesota, total of 46. The Monday night game, Cleveland at Pittsburgh in a key AFC North showdown. The Steelers favored by 1-and-a-half, total 41-and-a-half. Andy Isco with an... Advanced line update from Las Vegas for next week's National Football League games. And Andy, before I let you go, I also know our listeners would love to know what you're looking at on the National Football League card this week as well. Well, I heard you discuss the Buffalo-New England game uh, prior to uh, this segment. And you went with the side in that game, and I'm going to go with the uh, total in that contest. And as probably most listeners, if they followed uh, closely over the season, then they know that I tend to be more of an under player uh, than an, an over player, and such is the case in this game. See the total at most places opened at 44 or 43 and a half. It's mostly 43 and a halves across the board right now, and I'm going to look for this game to stay up. Under that total, uh, you talked about the two defenses on a yards per play basis. Uh, Buffalo number one, allowing 4.7 yards per play. The Patriots third at 5.0 uh, yards per play. Uh, both teams know the importance of this game. Uh, the uh, a win by the Bills uh, on Sunday virtually locks up the uh, the AFC East as they would have a two game lead over New England and a series sweep. Uh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. A win by New England, excuse me, win by New England over Buffalo would virtually wrap up the division title as it would complete a season sweep by the Patriots and give them a two game lead over Buffalo. And the only uh, and they may actually uh, have that wrapped up on Monday night if Miami happens to lose to uh, uh, New Orleans on uh, uh, on that uh, Monday night game. So an important game for both teams. And I like to look at defense versus offense in late season meaningful games with so much on the line. Uh, the Patriots, even if they don't win on Sunday against Buffalo, are still likely uh, to win the total with a pair of easy games down the stretch. Uh, Buffalo then would be relegated to be playing for the wild card. Number, nevertheless, Buffalo enters this game with the mindset of, hey, if we win here, we still have a chance at the division, depending upon what happens. I expect both teams to be rather conservative. I don't expect the weather conditions to be as bad as they were a couple or three weeks ago that Monday night in Buffalo, but I do expect both teams to be conservative, not wanting to make that first mistake. Patriots able to run the ball. Buffalo uh, not as as capable in running the football as they were earlier in the season, but Josh Allen always a threat uh, with his legs. Uh, you've got two fine coaches. Uh, I'm going to look for this game to stay under the total of uh, 43 and a half as the play for this week. Andy goes under the total in the New England-Buffalo game, a little bit opposite of Victor, so I have difference of opinion in this football game. So depending upon who you like, overs or unders, you've got opinions on both sides of this football game. Andy, a great job on the show once again this week. I'm going to wish you the very best of luck this weekend and hope the ball bounces your way and stay out of harm's way, if you will. And also, congratulations on the move. I hope you end up 
liking exactly where it is you call home these days. I'm sure I will, Mark. Thank you. And I want to wish you, Victor, the staff, and all of our listeners a very Merry Christmas, Happy Holiday Season, whatever holiday they observe and celebrate. And then, of course, best wishes for uh, the 2022 New Year that's going to get underway a short uh, week thereafter. And uh, we'll help uh, wind down the football season, hopefully with a lot of success, smiles, and happiness for all of us. And don't go away, guys. When we come back, Victor and I put the final wraps on the show. I'll share with you my awesome angle of the week and complimentary plays from Victor and myself when we're back with the final segment here on Mark Lawrence Against the Spread. If you haven't seen Andy Isco's The Logical Approach Football Newsletter, then you owe it to yourself to download this week's newsletter in time for the football games this week. Check out the new issue every week at TheLogicalApproach.com. See what winning football information is all about at TheLogicalApproach.com. We're going against the spread with Mark Lawrence after this. Attention sports fans, it's time to get in on all the football action at mybookie.ag. This industry-leading website is renowned for having the best odds and more betting options than any other sportsbook online. Get the odds you want and the fast payouts you need, guaranteed. That's mybookie.a as in Apple and G as in games. Tell them Mark Lawrence sent you. Only the biggest. Only the best. Only at mybookie.ag. Sign up today. To put a final spin on this week's show, let's do what Mark does best. His awesome, awesome angle of the week. All right, guys, let's get to it. Our awesome angle of the week on the football card this week. It takes place in the National Football League, and we call it, from our playbook black book, Running Down a Dream. And what we're looking to do is to play against any 600 or fewer NFL road favorite from Game 7 on out who allows 4.6 or more yards per rush if they're coming off a division loss. By fading these teams since 1990, we've gone 15-2-2 two two against the spread. That's 81.5% point spread winners, and with that we'll be fading the L.A. Chargers in their weak rush defense when they go out road favor this particular week. We'll play against the L.A. Chargers for our Running Down a Dream Awesome Angle Play on Sunday's football card. And with that, I'll hand it over to Victor King from King Creole Sports to find out what Victor's got on tap this weekend and his complimentary play, if you would. Sure thing, Mark. Before we get to our free play, a couple of additional uh, pro football tidbits. Uh, We look for hot offenses. There's only one team in the NFL that has scored at least three offensive touchdowns in each of their last six games. It's not any of the top 12 scoring teams in the NFL, which is quite surprising. It's team number 13, the San Francisco 49ers, the only team in the NFL that has scored at least three or more offensive touchdowns in each of their last six games. Uh, Minnesota Vikings, they're off that 17-9 win on Monday night. 13 of Minnesota's 14 games this season have now been decided by eight or fewer points. They've now had 11 straight games decided by one score. That is tied for the third longest streak in NFL history. Uh, Just how good has the Eagles offense been lately? Since week eight, Their last seven games, the Eagles have scored on 53% of their drives. That's wild. That's amazing. They've scored either three or seven points 
on 53% of their offensive drives. For comparison purposes, uh, think back to the great 2007 New England Patriots team that averaged over 35 points per game. They scored on 53% of their drives. That's how good the Eagles' offense has been lately with Jalen Hurts at quarterback. Uh, Also, another little tidbit, Cooper Cup is the first player in NFL history with at least 120 receptions and 1,600 or more receiving yards through his team's first 14 games of a season. Uh, In any of your fantasy leagues, if you're playing Super Draft, start Cooper Cup in all contests this week. This Saturday's uh, Christmas Day uh, games, we've got two of them. we got Green Bay and playing Cleveland. we got the Colts playing Cardinals from the database. Non-conference games, that's AFC against NFC, played on Saturdays, have gone 1-10 in 10 over under over the last 15 seasons when the OU line falls in the range of 42 to 54 points. So for me, it's go low or pass when it comes to the Christmas Day totals. And finally, Mark, our free play of the week. Heck, we got to give the ball back to Tuco. In fact, our, our doggies in the Totals Tip Sheet newsletter, Tuco and Monkey, have gone a perfect 8-0 and with their selections over the last four weeks. Tuco, of course, is gunning for five straight winners in a row, and he's going to go back to a team he was with just two short weeks ago, and that's the Indianapolis Colts in their Saturday game on the road against Arizona. Uh, they're going for five in a row. They're going over their team total of 24.5 points. And why not? When we talk about hot offensive teams, you got to put the, uh, the, the Colts in every single conversation. They have scored 25 or more points in 10 of their last 11 games, an average of 31.1. That's certainly good enough for us. But they're also a better offense on the road than they are at home. Last year, they averaged 28.3 points per game on the road. This year, they've averaged 28.3 points per game on the road, exactly the same as last season. And finally, in their last 12 non-conference games, this is another area in which they score a lot of points. The Colts have averaged 27.5 points per game over the last three seasons. We know the Cardinals are reeling now. At one point, they look easily like the best team in the NFL. They're off back-to-back favorite losses in a row. NFL home favorites of less than a touchdown off back-to-back straight-up and ATS favorite losses have allowed an average of 28 points per game in their next game over the last two seasons. And not only that, but Arizona's good defense, it's starting to crumble a little bit uh, also with 30 points allowed against the Rams two weeks ago, 30 points allowed against Detroit last week in that uh, shocker of the season. NFL home favorites of four or less points who allowed 30 or more in each of their last two games have allowed an average of 28.6 points per game over the last two seasons. Tuco's team total over the week, Indianapolis Colts over their team total in this Saturday night game. Uh, Don't forget our totals tip sheet newsletter for this week. We've got an additional holiday bonus play in there. So instead of four best bets, we've got five of them. We've still got the playbook newsletter. We've got the midweek alert newsletter. We've got the bowl stat report with a great start as well. So check out our publications and Mark, I know you got a big one in the NFL this week. I'll get to that big game in just a moment, Victor. Thank you. But before I do, thanks for your tip on Cooper Cup in the National Football League. I know I'll be playing him as probably my captain with a top multiplier play in the Super Draft Pro 
fantasy game. And if you haven't registered there, I encourage everybody out there. It's free. You can make money and have a blast doing it. Just log on at superdraftpro.com forward slash king, K-I-N-G. Join Victor and I to pick up some extra cash this week with the football fantasy and add Cooper Cup to your list with a multiplier, a special multiplier that they do. I think you're going to make the, like the move that you make this weekend at superdraftpro.com. Before we get to that call, just a quick note here also that all new at playbooksports.com is a daily digest where listeners can register for free and get a free complimentary play each and every day. All you need to do is log on at playbooksports.com forward slash new, N-E-W. That's playbooksports.com forward slash new. Pick up your free complimentary play each and every day. And also, you'll be entitled, once you register, for automatic instant bonuses that won't be available to anybody else that's not a registered member. That's playbooksports.com forward slash new for your complimentary play each and every day and all the bonuses that come with it when you log on today. And Victor mentioned my big play going in the National Football League this week. It is my five-star NFL game of the month. It tips off this weekend. It's part of a $95 football weekend of winners, or $99 football weekend of winners, I should say. And we've been red hot this football season. On our four- and five-star releases this year, we are documented 18-5 and five overall. This is our five-star NFL Game of the Month Sunday. Get it with all of my college bowl and NFL releases this Saturday through Monday for just $99 complete when you log on at playbooksports.com or call toll-free to get on board. The number is 1-800-321-7777. With that, my complimentary call on the show this week. We're going to go over to the Guaranteed Rate Bowl on Tuesday when West Virginia takes on Minnesota and look at the West Virginia Mountaineers in this football game. I realize West Virginia has struggled in bowl games. They're just 1-10 in 10 to the spread. They lost 11 bowl contests. But that was before Neil Brown entered the picture with West Virginia. Neil Brown, in his career, has never lost a bowl game. He's 4-0 and in all four bowl games that he's played. Neil Brown is also a perfect 7-0 and against the spread as a non-conference dog against winning teams. Taking a look at the Minnesota Golden Gopher side of the football game here. We note that coming into this contest, Minnesota is 0-6 their last six games against teams out of the Big 12 Conference. We're going to grab up the points with West Virginia in the Guaranteed Rate Bowl for my complimentary play on the football card this week. And that's going to put the final wraps in this edition of Mark Lawrence Against the Spread. I want to thank our co-host Victor King from King Creole Sports, our good friend Andy Isco from TheLogicalApproach.com in Las Vegas, This is Mark Lawrence reminding you to always to remember to bet with your head, not over it, and good luck as always.